Hey guys and gals, Tim, Arkham's Kids, and I have my hot little hand, the box of Return to the Forgotten Age. If you don't want to listen to spoilers, don't listen to this. But if you do like to hear spoils and my first time look at the player cards, then continue on and listen. Again, it's a spoiler. So I do have the cards in my hand, and these are my first impressions, and we're going to go through the set. I'm going to let you guys in on it. So stop listening. In three, two, one. All right, so I have the Guardians, so we're going to do Guardians up first. There are two new cards for Guardian. First one is Blood Eclipse, and this is the level one version. There is a level three, so we'll compare the two, see what, what the difference is. But this is the weaker one that we have out. Blood Eclipse is a one-cost event for one XP. You can pitch it for a willpower and a strength. Uh, it is subtitled as Spell and Spirit. And as an additional cost to play, Blood Eclipse take two damage. Alrighty, so I'm going to take two damage right off the rip. What does this thing do? Fight. This attack uses willpower instead of fight. Or instead of strength. You get plus two willpower and deal two damage for this attack. Ooh. And it cost a one. All right, so the other one that we had, and again, this is from the Forgotten Age set. Uh, let's see. This one was a one-cost three-event. The skills are the same. Paying two more XPs. And as an additional cost to play Blood Eclipse, you can take up to three damage, and you get plus one will, plus one damage for this attack for each damage taken as a part of this card's cost. So this gives you the option to crank up your damage to make it up to four wounds to give you plus four willpower. Whereas this one is just a flat line at two. You're just going to take two. So I, I see where they get the two XPs there. So it gives you that 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 roam, uh, that, that little ability. So, I mean, it's a little more freeform. So who would be good for this, though? So I'm looking at my investigators. Well, Leo would be all right with that. But I see him just doing more of shoot first, ask questions later with other weapons. Zoe for sure can take that with a four. Tommy, three. And eh, really everyone's about threes. So I don't, if I was playing straight Guardian with this thing, probably I would hone in Zoe for sure. You know, considering with her ability... Uh, after you engage with the enemy, you get to gain a resource, so she's the one that actually can generate a little bit of a cash flow. And even then, it's, this card's still pretty cheap. But, uh, uh, it's not too bad. I mean, honestly, I probably would flex this card. It's cheap. I mean, and for Guardian cards, that's good, because resources are a premium for Guardians, for the most part. But, uh, I dig it. Still the same artwork, but, uh, just a cheaper form of it. Next one, ooh, Survival Knife. I think this is an upgraded one. I'll flip over my binder here and take a look and see what the, the normal one was. All right, so the normal Survival Knife, this is not the one that came in the box set. The normal Survival Knife was just a two-cost asset, uh, and it was a zero XP card. You can pitch it for a strength. Uh, it's a one-handed weapon item. In melee, and as uh, action, you can fight and get plus one to the attack. 
And after you, uh, after an enemy attacks, deals damage on you during the interface, exhaust, survival knife, attack, and you get plus two strength and deal plus one damage for this attack. So it's got that cool little interrupt that goes on in here. So, all right. So what does the upgraded one do? So you got to pay two XP to put it in there. It does give you an additional strength icon to pip, uh, the ch pitch for uh, for strength. Cost you two XPs. Everything else looks the same except as an action, you get plus two fight for this attack. And when an enemy attacks you during the enemy phase, before resolving that attack, exhaust knife. Fight. This attack targets the attacking enemy and you get plus two fight and plus one damage for the attack. So the biggest thing is after it deals damage to you for the regular one, this one, you can interrupt it and fight that way and then hopefully you can knock it out that is pretty cool i do have a small you know love for the survival knife i do like it i mean for what it does the only thing it is is just a one-time pop you got to have an enemy engage you for it but i mean it wasn't anything that amazing with the fight you know with the plus one uh, strength for the attack but this one here now is plus two strength for the attack so it's not as bad uh, and it's just for two. But the biggest deal for this one is, is you get to finish your attack before it attacks you, and hopefully you can knock them out. So, all in all, pretty cool card. That's it for the Survivors. I said Survivors. That was supposed to be Guardians. <laughs> uh, they were the Guardians. All right, next one up is the Seekers. There are uh, two for this one. Truth from Fiction. So let me look through my book here really quick to make sure there isn't any other Truth from Fictions in here. Not that I'm seeing. Take a look at the other one here. Truth from Fiction, Truth from Fiction. This looks like it's all on its own. So what does this card do? All right, Truth from Fiction. It's Insight, so I'm automatically thinking Joey Diamond. It's a one-cost event for two XP. So you can pitch this for three. Three on the knowledge check. Wow, that's crazy. All right. Uh, what does it do? You can place two secrets amongst assets controlled by investigators at your location. Three instead if there is a clue on your location. So this is all about putting secrets on here. So this won't really work for Joey Diamond as well, because I don't play with a lot of secrets in Joey Diamond builds at all. So these, this one's really going to hone in on your, uh, your Ming, your uh, Daisy Walker kind of like decks, you know, with tomes and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just another way for keeping stuff out in check. I mean, heck, does it cost secrets for the medical? What's that medical... Medical Tome. Why is the name escaping me? It is... Not the Strange Solution. It was like the old medical kit. The ye old uh, Fixer Upper book. Pretty sure that's also Secrets as well. Medical Text. That's what it is. Ah, no it isn't. There's no Secrets on it. Uh, 
Yeah, that's a tricky one. I'm gonna have to look at that. Uh, and I bet you anyway, if this would blend in with uh, your Mystic classes or anything like that, because I know they do have some secrets on there as well. So I would have to actually think a little bit more on that with secrets, because I don't play a lot with that. With the, they ask for secret types. I'm still looking here for stuff here. Tomes, Esoteric Atlas is a secret. Scroll of Secrets, better be a secret. Feed the Mind, uh, Nautic Manuscripts, it's another one. Let's see, but the spells though, those are charges. Uh, in the Know is Secrets. Ah, see, the old Book of Lore has secrets, so yeah, I honestly think this would be part, great for a daisy build with the tomes. So, all right, next one. Ancient Stone. So we have a bunch of them. We have three. Yeah, three. Where if you identify the archaic glyphs, it can get you some stuff. Yeah. Because you got Guiding Stones, Prophecy Foretold, Marking of Isis. And then, wow, you got a lot of stones. Minds and Harmony and Knowledge of the Elders. And this one here is Transient Thoughts. You need to use the ancient stone that's identified. So, you got to get it first for one. Make sure there's nothing else in there. Pretty sure there's nothing else there. Yeah. So, for one, you get an ancient stone that's unidentified. And then, Investigate. Your location gets plus three shot for this in the, in this investigation. If you just see, discover one additional clear location, discard the ancient stone, record that you've identified the stone. Next to this in parentheses, record the difficulty of the skill test. So, for the ancient stone, it, it, oh, these things vary. So, let me see if there's any others. Say identified. I'm flipping here back and forth. No, it's not for the archaic glyphs. Those are just... That's just different. What do you need for that one? Oh, you need archaic glyphs untranslated. I bet you that's what I'm thinking of because that's a normal card you can throw in there and then work on it. All right. So, what do these other two do? So, Knowledge of the Elders... Again, these are from the previous ones. I haven't even spoiled the new one yet. I'm just trying to wrap my head and see what it is. Uh, it has X secrets, where X is a number in parentheses next to uh, parentheses next to you identify the stone. So it's whatever that difficulty of the test is. So that's how many secrets we get. So if you test that at a four, it would have four. If you knocked it out at seven, it would be a seven. So knowledge of the elders. When you draw. Any number of cards, spend that many secrets, and then deal that much damage to an enemy at your location. Okay. Next, the other one is Minds and Harmony. When you draw any number of cards, spend that many secrets, heal that much horn from a card at your location. So one's healing horn, the other one's just dealing damage when you draw any number of cards. And Transient Thoughts is the same way. Same secrets. This one has, just with the skill icons, you can pitch it for two agility. Same XP cost at four, two cost asset, one handed item relic. 
And this one is when you draw any number of cards, spend that many secrets, move that many times. Oh, Lord have mercy. This is a moving card. Wow. Ursula, Ursula down to be all over the place with this card. Good Lord. That's a crazy good card. That, that screams Ursula. <laughs> I mean, she moves all well on her own as is. Well, you can just hop around. Oh, that's a sweet card. Got to work on it, though, but it's still a sweet card. So when you deal with the wine with the ancient stone, and then you got to pay another four for this thing. So you're really soaking up five XPs for that. So you really got to commit to it, though. That's the only thing. If you're going to do it, you know, you got to make sure you're willing to commit five XPs in the deck. So, ah, not too shabby. I like that. Just that immediately just like, oh, I want to try that with Ursula really, really fast. I really want to try that one out. So, nice card. Nice card. If you're willing to commit five XPs for it, I say do it. We're up to Survivor. Two cards. On your own. Now, there is another on your own. Uh, it's a three XP, two cost asset. Uh, for You can pitch it for one willpower. It's limit one per investigator. On your own. Let's see here. Yeah, on your own, uh, if you discard on your own, if you control an asset that takes up an ally slot. So, no ally slots. But when you play a survivor event, exhaust it, and reduce that event's cost by two. This one here is the same cost, but it's a permanent and it's exceptional. So, it's really going to cost you six XPs. Your investigator gains deck building restrictions. No assets that take up the ally slot. Oh, they made that very, very clear. And then, when you play... Uh, resource event uh, exhaust on your own reduce that events cost by two so instead of playing in the asset it's just permanently out there for you but it costs you six xps to do it hmm and you can't combo this thing like you have one here for this and then another for the other on your own so that's not going to work based on the I guess, based on that, I would probably make that a unique. Well, I can't really make that unique because somebody else can play on their own too as well. But this just allows you to start from the, the get-go to get that bonus. So that's pretty clear cut and dry for that. And I think I think Ian from Mythos Busters tried to do on your own and it didn't work out as well with Calvin. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is just, you're just paying twice more to make this a permanent card. I mean, I guess you can buy on your own first for the three XPs, and then when you have another three, trade that in. I mean, I guess, but you'll be down a card, but you can fill it with the level zero card slot. I mean, if you wanted to, but I guess you can do that. So... I haven't really thought too much of doing allies, because allies kind of helps out a lot, and survivors, they're already hurting as it is, so I can't imagine not playing Peter Sylvester or Johnny Football or Jessica Hyde. I even dig the uh, the Guiding Spirits, but that's something I would have to play around with there. But, yeah, so the only big difference is you're paying six for this, and uh, it's permanent and sticks out. You just can't have any uh, assets that take up an ally slot. That's it for on your own. Next one is Altered Fates. 
And it's got a ripped up tarot card, which is weird that it's in this, but not in the Circle Undone series, which is kind of weird because this is Forgotten Age. Makes me feel that they went a little early on the artwork. All right, so the first one that we had first from the Forgotten Age set was it was a one-cost event for Altered Fate, spell Blessed. Three XP's put it in there, and it was a wild pip. You could play it, it's fast, and you could play it during any any uh, quick act player window. You could choose and discard from play a non-weakness treachery that is not attached to an elite enemy. So, kind of cool. So, if someone gets papped with a... Uh, Frozen in Fear, or any of those wonderful static cards, or heck, man, even, uh, what's that, Cursed Luck, because I'm doing a Dunwich uh, campaign at a game shop, so it'd be nice to get rid of, too. Alright, this one's a cheaper version. It's a three-cost event, instead of the one, and it costs one XP to put it in there. It does have two skill pips, it's either Willpower and Agility, and it just states it's not fast though. It just states spell blast, choose and discard from play any non-weakness treachery that's not attached to a weak or an elite enemy. So I'd like to tend to hover to the better one. I mean Or not the better one, well, the higher XP one, the three cost one, because it's fast and you can play it during anyone's window. Versus this one. This one, you're you're going to pay two more. And you don't have that fast ability. So you would have to waste an action during your turn. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's okay. Uh, I, if I was going to do it and to help alleviate some of the treacheries in play, I'd rather do it on anyone's turn. So I'm kind of gravitating towards the uh, 3 XP one versus the 1 XP one. Yeah, I still think it's better for that one. I'd rather just kick in two more for that one because that will help out, especially in a multiplayer game, that would help out immensely. Heck, even a solo. Because if you drew it, you can play it on your turn and it doesn't eat up an action. So, yeah, I mean, this one feels to me kind of weak. That'll do it for Survivors. We're at Mystics. All right, Mists of Relay. This is one of my favorite cards. I do like it. anything that has an evasion attempt in it. So the original Missile Relay was a two-cost asset with uh, pitching it for one agility. It has four charges on it, takes up a spell slot. As an action, you can spend a charge and you evade. If this invasion attempts uses willpower instead of agility, if you succeed, after evading the chosen enemy, you may move to a connecting location. That's why I like this card a lot, because... I like the free move after evading. If you drew any crazy symbol other than an Elder Sign during this evasion attempt, you must choose and discard a card from your hand. Okay. That was the trade-off. I still like it. But now we have an upgraded 2 XP. This 2 cost asset. Still the same thing if you're pitching it for skill. It's just one agility. This one now has 5 charges. Still takes up a spell slot. Still a spell. As an action, spend one charge, evade. This evasion attempt uses will instead of agility. And you get plus one will for this evasion attempt, so it cranks it up by one. If you succeed, you still get to move to a connecting location if you want. And then if you draw any crazy symbol during the attempt, it chooses to card a card from you. So the only thing you're paying for for the two XPs is that one additional willpower and an additional charge. Is it worth it? 
Yeah, probably. Because uh, five charges is good. That means that you can do a lot, and chances are you are not going to run out of charges, at least in a scenario, in my mind there. So it's good for the movement. It gives you the plus one bump for the evasion attempt. So, And they're already good enough as it is with that. So if you have missed in there and you have XPs to blow... I'd say upgrade it if you already went through that route of upgrading shriveling or doing any mass damage or any other craziness or canceling out tokens. So, but uh, yeah, still a big fan of Miss. I like this one. It's better, just slightly better, not too much better, but still does the same thing. But uh, yeah, really good. The Chthonian Stone. All right, so we do have this one too here as well. The original one that we had was a zero XP, three cost asset. Takes one hand slot, item, relic, cursed. Uh, you can pitch it for uh, plus one knowledge. You can seal either a skull, cultist symbol, tablet, or elder thing. Forced, if you reveal the tentacle symbol during the skill test, you've got to return the stone to your hand. I like it. I mean, you put it in Mateo, I like it, because it's just another thing for you to seal. Mitigate the bag. Alright, the upgraded version. It is three XP's put in your deck. It's plus one willpower and plus one knowledge if you want to pitch it for a skill. And I gotta close my window here for a second. Someone's mowing the lawn. Okay. So, uses three charges. If the Clothonian Stone has no charges, return it to your hand. Mmm. After you reveal a. Uh, Tentacle symbol during a skill test, remove a charge from the Chthonian Stone. Ah, so it allows you to get three failures. Now, bear in mind, too, this is only when you pull the uh, tentacle symbol, not when anyone else pulls the tentacle symbol. So this just, this one gives you the staying power um, instead of it happening. And you still get to return the stone to your hand, so it's not like a complete waste either, so you can play it again and seal something else. So... Yeah, this is another good card, too. I mean, I like this, too. It's got a little more of just that staying power uh, for your sealed uh, tokens to remain sealed if you have some unfortunate pulls from the bag. Uh, yeah, definitely. I always, every time I see these sealed cards, I always think of Mateo, and that's exactly what it is. I throw in Mateo right off the rip. Moving on to Rogues. The last one. Two cards for them. Decorated Skull. Alright, so there is a regular one. Decorated Skull, Doom Begets Doom. It's a zero-cost asset. has zero charges on it. After an investigator, ally asset, or enemy from your location is defeated, place one resource on Decorated Skull as a charge. And then you can, as an action, you can spend a charge to draw one card and gain a resource. Uh, I played it with it a couple times. I like it, I mean, for what it does. I mean, if you have no other, other actions to do and you need to, to get resources or drawing cards... It just gives you that benefit. Uh, it takes an accessory slot. Uh, and you can pitch it for the plus one agility. So, I mean, it's okay. I mean, usually this card always gets cut, you know, when I'm building it. Because I do like what it does. And I think, especially if you're playing, you know, multiplayer, that you can throw, like, lots of charges on here. It just is an action. You spend a charge to draw a card and gain a resource. So... All right, what's the upgraded one? 
uh, zero cost asset still. It's three XPs to put in your deck. It gets the same thing. Well, it's actually two different. They get they remove the agility and give you willpower and strength if you're pitching it for skill. After an investigator, ally asset, or enemy at your location is defeated, place one resource as a charge. Action. Spend up to three charges, draw that many cards, and gain that many resources. This is the better card. This is the battle card, for sure. If you like what this does, and you're playing multiplayer, and if you're not playing like Jenny Barnes, something like that, where money comes freely, yes, 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 yes. This is a big upgrade, man, because you can get charges on here very, very quickly, and then it allows you to spend up three of them. So you get three resources and draw three cards. Sure. I, I yes. Decorated school got a lot better. More better. Better, better. I like it. I like it for sure. If that's what you're building on, that was my only drawback with that card, man, because it was you're always trading one for one. This time you can trade three charges on your one action and get a better payout. I don't mind that. It acts like a bank. So you can save up on it. Last card for rogues, Colt Vest Pocket. So the original one was a two-cost asset, one-handed, item, weapon, firearm, illicit. You can throw it away for an agility. It has five ammo on it. Uh, as an action, you can spend an ammo, fight, get plus one strength for this attack, and then it deals plus one damage. But at the end of the round, you have to discard it. I always like this because I'm always playing this card with... Uh, what's the one where you could just pull it out at anyone's turn and just let it just shoot? Man, why is that coming up blank on me? Slide of hand. There we go. Slide of hand. At the end of your turn, if that asset's still in play, return it to your hand. Because at the end of your turn, you can do that. So take your shots out with uh, the cult vest pocket, put it back, no problem. And it only costs you one. And it's a fast. I, I love slide of hand. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So, but if you play it, I mean, you're at max you're only going to get three shots unless you do a Leo DeLuca or you're pocking away additional actions with other rogue cards. So, what is the upgraded card is? Uh, this is a 2 XP. Cost is the same. You get a strength or the agility icon when you're pitching it. Still 5 ammo, still hand, still item, weapon, firearm, and illicit. Uh, this time you spend an ammo. And fight, you get plus two strength for this attack, and then this attack deals plus one damage. All right, all right, you like this card better for my sleight of hand trick. That's awesome. Forced. At the end of the round, if you trigger, if you trigger Cult Vest Pocket action ability, discard it. No, so you don't have to, if you play it, you can set yourself up for it. You don't have to use it, but as soon as you use that ability once, it's going to force you to discard it. So this allows the pocket vest to sit out a little bit longer. I'd still be playing this with a sleight of hand and just not in and get my shots and then put it back to my hand again. But I like it because it gives you an additional strength. So for two, then you can get three shots off. So you do up to six points of damage if you hit all in succession. I like it. Um, if I was rocking with the cult vest pocket with the sleight of hand combo, absolutely, I would do this. Absolutely. I mean, it's a nice... I, I still dig it. I, I like the gun. It looks so cute. It's a cute little gun.
That'll do it for rogues. But wait, we're not done. We have a new neutral card. New neutral card? What is it? Is it Thermos? No, it's not Thermos. It's Backpack. All right. Let's see if they see if FFG really dressed up and gussied up the backpack. All right. So the original backpack was a two-cost asset. And you can pitch it for one agility. It's an item. And it takes the chest slot. And then after backpack enters play, search the top six cards of your deck for three non-weakness items and or supply cards and attach them face down to the backpack. Then shuffle your deck. Cards attached to the backpack may be played as if they were in your hand. There are no cards attached to the backpack. Discard it. Okay. So it's just a good way of getting your, your goodies out and just tossing them in the bag. Really stinks, though, if you get if you get the Crypt Chill and then you have to force to discard it. So probably wouldn't play this on the first turn. Get a couple other chintzy items out first and then we'll go with this one. Also, your host, too, if you get straight jacketed. Yeah, because I would take that slot. <laughs> All right. So the upgraded backpack. It's a 2 XP. The cost is down 1. You get also, not only with the agility icon, you get a strength icon if you're pitching it. Item. After it enters into play, search the top 12 this time. And then put 3 of them on there and shuffle them face down. And shuffle your deck. Attached cards. Uh, cards attached to backpack may be played as if they were in your hand. There are no cards attached to backpack discard. So, it just made it 1 less for 2 XP's. You get a strength symbol, and you get to do double what the original backpack does. Hmm. So you traded your your Ozark Trail backpack for a Gucci backpack. That's what I'm reading it as. <laughs> and what I play it... Uh, if, if you're playing a character that's toolboxy and needs all those gears and items, like, I would probably honestly think, you know, Tommy Maldoon, for sure. We would would love this card because he's all about the teddy bears, leather coats, all this other stuff. So you can just squirrel it away for whenever you need it. Uh, you put the teddy bear in the backpack. <laughs> it's like you're going on a little slumber party. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I would use these for you know, I, I for Tommy for sure. Maybe even Leo because uh, he's all about the items. So yeah, I mean. It's dope. It's just a slightly better backpack. I mean, I don't got much to say in that one. Uh, but that'll do it for Nutris. But wait, I'm not done. They have weaknesses. New weaknesses. I love the weaknesses. They, every box, they keep getting better and better. So I can't wait to look at these. Let me slap this backpack in the binder. And now we got to go to... Well, there's two new weaknesses, it looks like. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher this name for sure. Uh, Dendromorphosis. I think I got that right. Natural Transformation. It's a basic weakness. It takes up both of your hand slots. Oh, no. I don't like that at all. Curse Flora. Revelation. Put Dendromorphosis into play in your threat area. It cannot leave play while it has no damage on it. Uh, it's React. Take one direct damage, then deal one damage... On Dendromorphosis. Oh, this card stinks, man. If you have anything in your hand slots, it just takes it. And you have to pitch that stuff. Oh, this card was designed by the botanists at Arkham Knights. <laughs> 2018. 
it's a you have to do a point of damage to this damn card. Wow. This card. I mean, if you're not playing with a lot of hand slots, this card is horrible. Horrible. And you have to take a direct damage just to get rid of it. God, what a slap to the face. Ugh. All right. Next one. Offer you cannot refuse. Yeah, you can put the uh, Godfather uh, quotes into this. Uh, it's a basic weakness. It's a pact. Campaign mode only. So no single one-off uh, uh, playthroughs. When you become the bearer of this weakness, gain two experience. Oh, that's not so much of a weakness. I like that. Revelation. Lose five resources. If you cannot, instead remove offer you cannot refuse from your deck. Search your collection for fine print. And place it in your discard pile. Oh, there's more. Okay. All right. So just by looking at this, this card is all about rogue for sure. Because chances are, if you're playing a rogue character, cash is not a problem for you. So I see why they named this card. This card drips with theme, and I love it. This, all right. But I have to look at the next one. It is the fine print. So if you cannot pay the five resources, you have to remove it. And then you put the fine print in your discard pile. So for the next game, or if you're by chance you shuffle this back into your deck, the weakness, it's no longer a basic weakness. It's still a pack. And when you pull it, you lose seven resources. If you cannot instead remove fine print from your deck, search your collection for sell your soul, and place it in your discard pile. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, sell your soul. Packed. Revelation. Lose 10 resources. If you can't, the your dark patron tears your consciousness from your body and you are driven insane. One way or another, the debt shall be repaid. Wow, it's a kill card. This is like, one is the other one for whom the bell tolls, and this one is selling your souls to the man. Ah, I like the artwork. Each artwork is slightly different and gets really, really messy for each one you go through. That, that, all right. This weakness is pretty sweet. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It is awesome. Would I like this? No. <laughs> but I see what it does, and it's still pretty awesome. That's a good story for sure. I would hate to be driven insane. I'm pulling the last one there. But, you know, if you're playing, again, if you're playing Rogue, this probably won't be a problem for you. And you get two XPs right off the bat. So, not bad. It's just when you become the bearer of this weakness. So I'm assuming, if I'm reading this correctly, so if you do pull this from the ba list of basic weaknesses, you get to start off with two XPs, and you get to do whatever. So, man, if I was a rogue, I'd probably be hoping to pull this just so I can like either get some lockpicks or switchblade if I'm not doing taboo or anything like that, right off the rip. So this is just a one-time deal that you're going to get the two XPs, and then you have to worry about the resources. So that will do it for Return to the Forgotten Age. Just the player cards. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. Uh, hope everyone's still staying safe uh, and still playing games. And then I will talk to you in the next round. Later.